I'm curious who the text line think thinks OU's best player is right now. Who, who's the who's the best player on OU's football team? I know that's not always easy when you're talking about a football team, two different sides of the ball. But if you had to say, all right, this guy's the best player that OU has, uh, who would you say? 405-651-3439. And, and while those submissions are rolling in on the text line, I'll tell you this, OU was not represented very well on this list. Just two players, two players in the top 20. Texas had six players in the top 20. Texas had the number two player, the number three player, the number five player, the number seven player, the number 11 player, and the number 19 player. So by this list, 24-7 says Texas has the most talent, Travis, and it ain't even close. Yeah, but but don't they kind of always, right? I mean, yeah, OU's had a ton of talent. I'm not trying to knock, you know, be self-deprecating here, but... If there's one thing that Texas has had plenty of, Tyler, it's talent, individual talent. They've always had a ton of it. So, sure, sure. Get, let, let them say Texas has the most talent. Fine, fine. We'll, we'll, we'll deal with it as we have dealt with it, Tyler, for over two decades now by going out there and hopefully beating them like we have most often over the last two decades. So these uh, answers are starting to roll in. Yeah, and none of these names, I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it about 90 more seconds because none of these names listed were in the top 20. And, and people are texting in right now about who OU's best player is. And I'm seeing two common answers here, and it, neither of them in the top 20, which is surprising. Let me, uh, let me roll down the top five real quick before we get to those texts. You tell me, you tell okay. me where this is absolutely wrong. Cooper BB is number one. Offensive lineman from Kansas State. He might end up being a first-round pick. I, I don't know if he's the best player in the league, but he's a good player. He's at number one. Uh, Kelvin Banks, left tackle at Texas, is number two. Xavier Worthy, wide receiver at Texas, is number three. Jalen Daniels, KU quarterback, is at four. Jatavian Sanders, tight end at Texas, is at number five. So Texas got three out of the top five in, you know, on this list. You know... I, I honestly don't hate it. Um, I think Xavier Worthy is a little bit high based on what we've seen from him. I'm, I'm a big Kelvin Banks guy. Uh, I think he's going to be very Jatavian good. I'm a big Jatavian Sanders guy. I yeah, think he's I agree. really good. I agree. Um, I think, you know, Xavier Worthy, I feel like half of his career stats came against Latrell McCutcheon in one game. So I don't want to sit there and just say, hey, look, this guy, you know, has made a career off of this. I mean, it's it, it, even to the point where when he announced his transfer to Houston, Xavier Worthy was laughing about it on Twitter, showing, you know, that he's uh, he's going for a part two against him. So, I mean, I would probably, I know he's talented, but I would probably move Xavier Worthy down just a little bit. I mean, he really dealt with some drops last year. Uh, I know that, that Marvin Mims did too, of course, uh, but Marvin may not have made it into the top five of this list if he'd have stayed. I think he might have been on the fringe. But, um, yeah, I'm, o- I'm okay with it. I-, I probably would just move move Xavier Worthy down just just a touch. Xavier Worthy is way too high, in, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, I mean. It, I-, I wouldn't have him in the t- like, like you said, like OU dealt with some drops last year. I remember Worthy dropping a wide-open touchdown in the Alabama game early in the year and then a touchdown in the Alamo Bowl against Washington as well. So it wasn't just like a stretch of the season. It was from the front end to the back end. And and I guess he was dealing with an injury, yeah. But he he had issues with drops all year long, it felt like. 
Yeah, and it's and, and I think part of it, Tyler, is Steve Sarkeesian gets a bunch of credit for what he did as offensive coordinator at Alabama, like a bunch. And Alabama was winning before him. They're winning after him. Like, this isn't a situation. This isn't like a Venable situation where he had national championship ring before, shows up, clear, clearly is the best unit, changes Clemson when he arrives and they win two titles and then – like, this isn't one of those situations. This is basically people are saying, well, Xavier Worthy, he's basically going to have a Devontae Smith type year because we saw what Devontae did under Sark and his offense at Alabama. So, you know, there there are possibilities that uh, Xavier Worthy is a Heisman candidate. It's like, guys, let's chill. Yeah, okay, so let, let, let's get to these responses here. Chip from Tulsa says Bill Bowman. Um, 405, Isaiah Coe or Tyler Guyton. 713 Guyton, probably by season's end. Here's a Desan McCullough, followed by Billy Bowman. Here's a JFA. Here's a Guyton. Here's a Guyton. Here's a not Dylan Gabriel. Here's a healthy Billy Bo- or a healthy Billy Bowman. Peyton Bowen, Bowman, Bowman, Stutzman, Bowman, Tyler Guyton. There's one of those names that's actually on this list, but there was a not mentioned in front of his name. One texter said not Dylan Gabriel. Wow. Dylan Gabriel on this list is the uh, the highest-ranked Sooner. Yeah, coming in at number 12. 24-7 Sports says Dylan Gabriel is OU's best player at 12. And Rondell Bothroyd, the other player on the team to make the top 20, he was at number 18. Bothroyd is a good pick. Again, we talked about him, uh, you know, being uh, amongst the highest win- pass rush win rate guys. Uh, when he was at Wake Forest, I uh, expect him to have a big year. Yeah, I, I think he'll he'll play his way in, uh, comfortably into the draft. But the Dylan Gabriel conversation is so interesting, Tyler, because, you know, we have some standards around here, and it is the standard around here is for us to have a top three quarterback on that list, right? Kyler would have been top two at worst. Baker would have been top two at worst. Jalen Hurts would have been top three at worst. Caleb Williams would be top three at worst. Even Spencer Rattler going into that 2021 season would have been top three at worst. So, like, that's the standard of quarterback here. So people will see Dylan Gabriel at 12 and be like, too high. But is it, Tyler? I'm not sure that it is. I'm not 100% sold that he is our, our best player. I do think, you know, if you look at projecting out maybe what they – what they would be in the draft, things like that. Yeah, Tyler Guyton certainly up there, Rondo Bothroyd, Sam McCullough, Billy Bowman. You know, these are names you're going to hear quite often. Danny Stutzman just led the Big 12 in tackles. Um, you know, but Dylan Gabriel, I mean, he's got a chance to be top five in the history of the sport when it comes to career completion yards, uh, career passing yards. Yeah, if, if I was texting in, I would have texted in Guyton. I, I know a lot of people texted in Guyton, and I, and I do think by the end of the yeah. year he's going to be your best player. The yeah. upside there, I mean, you've heard Beatonbow and Britt talk about it. It's, it's incredible. So I would say Guyton, I think Billy Bowman should probably be in this top 20 as well. Um, I think Stutzman's going to have a great year. But to those who say D- Dylan Gabriel's way too high, there's no way that he should be at 12. Okay. Uh, and, and, I, and I think that you may have a point. However, if Quinn Ewers is ranked at 11 here, Dylan Gabriel absolutely deserves to be 12 and maybe even a little bit higher on this list. And and for the life of me, man, I just I can't figure out where all of this Quinn Ewers hype is is coming from. 
because Dylan Gabriel and Quinn Ewers are looked at just totally opposite going into this year, aren't, aren't they? Like Quinn Ewers, you'll find him top five on Heisman list. Dylan Gabriel, a massive long shot. And, and Gabriel had better numbers last year. It felt like even for his shortcomings a year ago, he was a better quarterback. So I don't know if Quinn Ewers is just getting the Texas hype bump or because everyone is all about Kelvin Banks and Jatavian Sanders and J- Xavier Worthy and Quinn Ewers is getting a bump from that. But there's nothing that I saw last year. Nothing, Travis. And he had plenty of opportunities. But there's nothing that I saw from Quinn Ewers last year that would warrant him being the 11th best player in the conference going into this season. Right. And and, and that's the thing is the argument, of course, comes down to, you know, Dylan Gabriel's just been playing longer, right? And I don't think that I don't think that seniority and maturity and experience should be held against you in rankings like this. Like, sure, when you're talking upside and whatnot, Quinn Ewers projects to be, you know, a, a higher drafted pro, maybe a different pro career. But just look at what they've done and the quarterback that will be manning the offense this coming year. Dylan Gabriel, yes, he's older. He's been in, you know, in this system. He's been there. And, yeah, that, that's that's not a knock on him. Whereas, you know, the argument against uh, for Quinn Ewers is like, well, he's only had one year as a starter. Well, whose fault is that? It's his third year of college football. I mean, it's his third year of college football. We've only ever seen him not be good, or we've seen him be, you know, fourth or fifth guy on the bench at Ohio State. So, like, he chose to come out. If you choose to come out, you've had three years of college, or you had two years of college football now, high level college football. This is your third year as a starter. So, eventually, we got to see something, Tyler. We got to see it. Yeah. And I know a lot of the text line is asking where Ethan Downs is on the list, but I mean, he was on. He was he was our only All Big Twelve selection at the end of last year. He's our only preseason All Big Twelve selection. So, as much as you know, people want to pick on him for whatever reason. I don't know whatever what he did wrong to to earn the hate of all these people, but. It's, I mean, apparently a lot of the coaches and, and, you know, media types and things like that, they seem to think Ethan Downs is a pretty good football player. 405, Ewers isn't even a top 11 player on his own team. I mean, he may not even be the best quarterback on his own team. I I guess we'll find out. But all this massive offseason hype, if he's not better, dude, they are going to trash him down there, you know. That name will be mocked and made fun of and, They'll throw him to the side and throw in Arch or you know, whoever they throw in after that. Um, I don't know, man, just just a lot of high expectations for a guy that I still think is growing quite a bit of a, as a quarterback. 405, right. DG would be neat near the top if we didn't have to score 60 points to win a game. He's a victim of crappy defense. Uh, here's a sawchuck for best player. Here is uh, uh, Stutzman, Defensive Player of the Year in the Big 12. Gunny says we continue to sleep on Stutzman. I don't think either of us are sleeping on Danny Stutzman, man. I just said I I expect a huge year year for him. Wide awake. Wide awake. I mean, it's – yeah, I mean, I think he's going to have a really good year, personally. I think he – like you said, last three or four games of the season, he looked like a different Danny Stutzman. looked like a light bulb turned on. And he had brought it up on Teddy and Gabe's podcast where he started the year as, what, Mike? And then he got moved to Will? So it's like he had to learn, relearn the playbook already after being kind of behind the eight ball on learning a new playbook. So 
I think now that, I mean, he's got to be in charge of the defense. He's got to call out coverage. He's got to call everything behind him, in front of him. I mean, I think we're going to see a completely different Danny Stutzman this year. And not that the last, like, like when I say completely different, I don't mean, man, last year's Danny Stutzman was, was a bum. I don't mean that. I mean he's going to elevate that much to where he's going to be like all big, I think at minimum all big 12 level linebacker. But the, the rest of the defense has to be really good. We yeah, saw that with um, Kenneth Murray. Like, Kenneth Murray was a dog. But, you know, a lot of the defense around him wasn't quite what it needed to be. So, naturally, he doesn't get a lot of the awards that he probably deserved. If training camp starting today isn't the big story of the day, then, well, Callie, uh, Kelly Maxwell is. She hasn't um, put out a graphic or a statement that she's transferring from Oklahoma State to OU, but she's done the next best thing, or maybe the best thing, Travis. She's updated it on her Instagram profile. It says Oklahoma softball, number 28. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what else needs to be said. And, and you said it about an hour ago, and I, I think it could be right. There's a chance that she saw all the hate from Trace Four, and she's like, eh, I don't want to deal with that crap. I don't need to. Maybe she just ups, updates the Instagram, lets everyone know that that's a thing, and doesn't release anything like we normally see. That's what I would do. I mean, you got a bunch of Oklahoma State fans that are already piling on her, being nasty towards her, and I, I just wouldn't deal with it. I'd go out there, I'd shut it down, I'd say, all right, I'm going to go win some softball games now. Like, you guys can let them punch themselves out, right? Like, wait until, you know, something way down the line to wait, 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 kind of do it almost like a Friday news dump, Tyler. Like, find when something else is going on. Tweet it out, say, hey, thanks for everything, blah, 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 you know, cowgirl for life, you know, her kind of goodbye. Um, and just kind of let the emotions pass a little bit. Because if she put something out right now, ooh, it would be, she would It'd have to turn off her plies and she would have to, um, yeah, yeah, she, she would have to turn off her phone. You mentioned competitive depth. That's what they have right now in the circle, man. You've got Nicole May, who was excellent last year, Kirsten Deal who will just be a sophomore, but really had a good ending to the year uh, last season. Peyton Monticelli, a transfer. You got Keeney from Liberty, a transfer, and now Kelly Maxwell as well. Um, how, how weird is it going to be when and if OU plays Nebraska and Kelly Maxwell is pitching for OU and Jordy Ball is pitching for Nebraska? That'll be a little odd, won't it? Yeah, it's weird so weird but hey you know it's the era of the transfer portal right and and i bring up you know the mental health aspect of it jordy was probably our best example of it she tyler she gave everything i don't think you can go out more on top than what jordy did right i mean she won national titles for us obviously the whole team did but she one of the most legendary performances in okc that i've seen so i would agree with you and she chose to go back home and and really detailed everything talked about her mental health talked about building the sport back at her home this that and the other and she still got hate so if you're able to see that if you're kelly maxwell and you look and you're like oh my god i haven't done near the things that jordy ball has done and she's getting hate yeah i don't think i'm posting anything that's a fun off-season conversation um who's going to be your number one and i guess we had that last year and jordy emerged as your number one late in the year but for the most you know most part of the season we were debating it and it didn't really matter they had three legitimate aces 
Um, you may have three legitimate aces and then some next year because that's one, two, three, four, five, what, six quality arms, very quality arms that they have right now. Guess what, guys? OU preseason number one next year. That's going to happen. They'll be the Not favorite going again anywhere. to win another national championship. Let's go. 405-651-3439 is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Westwood Golf on this hot summer Thursday. Westwood Pool is open as well. Go enjoy both of those coming up this weekend. Keep it locked right here on The Ref. More college football on the other side. We'll get you caught up on all the realignment madness going on in the sport right here on The Ref. This is your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. Riverwind Casino and Hotel, bringing you this hour of the rush. Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson. If you're not caught up today on realignment, I don't blame you. There's a lot going on. Arizona is going to have a meeting tonight. Apparently the four corner schools are together. Feels like the four corner schools will soon all be in the Big 12 Conference. Washington is going to have a meeting at 9 p.m. local time. That'll be rather late. Feels like uh, Washington and Oregon are headed to the Big Ten. And for the rest of the Pac-12 schools, Cal, Stanford, Oregon State, Washington State, either fold into the Mountain West or maybe become independents. But nothing is for sure right now. But, Travis, it sure looks like Oregon and Washington are Big Ten bound and the four corner schools are Big 12 bound. Yeah, I mean, with Washington having this meeting so late, Tyler, isn't it, isn't it kind of poetic that you know the the crushing blow to the Pac-12 will legitimately be during Pac-12 after dark? Ooh, I do like the thought of that. I mean, no one will poetic. be awake to to actually read it or see it or hear about it. We'll just. It's like a Pac-12 football game. Oh, cool. Yeah, well, I passed out, but apparently Washington State beat UCLA 74-72. to That's awesome. Right. It's almost, it's almost like petty that they would have the meeting that late. Like, oh, oh, this is, yeah, this is why. This is why we're moving because it's Pac-12 after dark. It would be like OU in Texas announcing theirs at 11 a.m. But yeah, well, I told you I told you last Friday the one thing I wanted to happen with conference realignment, and it sounds like it's not going to, which is a huge bummer. I was hoping that Utah would follow USC, and they would just continue to run all over Muleshoe and SC, whoever whoever the coach is at you. I'm not going to stop hating USC after Muleshoe leaves. I, I've hated no, Ace, uh, USC long before Muleshoe got there. But I was hoping Utah would go along with them to the Big Ten and continue to wreck them. My new favorite thing, though, is – that Oregon is seemingly going to the Big Ten. And apparently, when it was announced that USC and UCLA were going to the Big Ten, USC thought it was hilarious. USC thought, <laughs> we are about to own Oregon on West Coast recruiting. They're going to stay in the crappy Pac-12. We're going to the big boy Big Ten. Watch how this turns out for us in recruiting rankings. Yeah, you don't have that advantage anymore. And honestly, judging by last year's recruiting rankings, it wasn't much of an advantage for them. So USC thought they were getting away from Oregon. Yeah, not so fast. Dane Lanning going to continue to own them in uh, recruiting. Yeah, you can run, but you can't hide. You know, I mean, you're still out there on the West Coast. You're still going to claim that you can clean, you know, 
take all the California kids until you look around California and you're like, oh, boy, there's just a bunch of quarterbacks and wide receivers out here. Maybe we don't just want to recruit California. And then, yeah, I mean, Dan Lanning's going to keep on putting them in a locker. I mean, Florida State, Tyler, Florida State already took one offensive lineman from Muleshoe. He might go after another, or Florida State might go after another. If word gets out on the streets that you can just rock up to Lincoln Riley's recruiting class and just pick whoever you want off of it and bring them to your recruiting class, it could get ugly quick because Norvell's about to go back-to-back with a couple of offensive linemen just just bullying him from across the country. So it, it could get this, – this class could get pretty ugly for USC if they're not careful. Really could, man. It really it really could. And uh, we'd love we'll to pour see one it, out on, we'll, sure. we'll pour a neutral out uh, to mourn them. I'll shotgun one to mourn them. How about that? Can I hey, do that yeah, with Do we have neutral? any of those? Do we have any of those in studio? I'm doing the show from studio tomorrow, and I'm hoping, uh, you know, to, no. to sample some of the uh, new we, Well, we won't tomorrow. We won't tomorrow. Um, I had a few of them on Tuesday nights. Um, some others took more than I did home, but we'll have some neutrals back in studio probably next week. Okay. They're pretty good, man. Yeah, they're not They're not bad. I was real vodka, or not real vodka, real fruit juice and vodka. It's a, it's a nice mix. There are coverage of they, they uh they're doing our coverage of ou training camp so appreciate them for that okay so here's like some reports that are out there on the realignment front the big 10 at this point is just trying to figure out financials at this point on oregon and washington quote there is no more research or information needed on oregon and washington we have everything we need so it sounds like it's pretty far down the road at this point um tyler are, are you, you surprised get- at all that it's taken a little bit long. Like, we keep hearing about these Board of Regents meetings over and over. Tyler, Colorado had a Board of Regents meeting on, like, 15 minutes' notice, and within, like, by the time the door shut on their way out, it was reported that they were going to be leaving. Like, are you at all surprised that Colorado seemed to happen so quickly, but all these other schools are having Board of Regents meetings, then Board of Regents meetings, then Florida State has a meeting and everything, and, and nothing else has been officially announced? Especially for the Big Ten schools, uh, Oregon and Washington, I thought they would just be, like, running. Like, f- screw the Board of Regents meeting. We all texted and said, yes, we're going to the Big Ten. And, and, and there's no um, – I'm sure Oregon is meeting, but there's no meeting at Oregon that's scheduled to take place, which is kind of odd, isn't it? Yeah. Man, and it, it, it it's, seems like it's all but done at this point, too, so just announce it. I know, I know it's more difficult than that. I, I understand that. But to your point, like Colorado seemingly moved pretty fast on this thing. Um, I'll be surprised if Oregon and Washington, if it's Monday and they're still uh, not Big Ten members. I think there's a slight I – th- I think there are two versions of these Board of Regents meeting happen, Tyler. I think the first version is the Colorado version, the, all right, we are leaving. We need to get our house in order and determine what this is going to take legally for us to get out of this. Obviously, I think the ACC schools will have a bit more of an issue with that, um, with their you know 2035 deal. But I think the other version of these Board of Regents meeting is the message-sending kind, is, hey, conference, you know that if we are gathering the regents, it means we are preparing for war. We are preparing to leave. So 
You see us announce a Board of Regents meeting? I think it might be a little bit of posturing, Tyler. I don't think anybody, everybody that has a Board of Regents meeting is like, oh, well, where are they going? they got to be going somewhere. I think a lot of it is sending a message. Yeah, probably. Just steal the text today, though, that really sent me back. It was at 10.13 this morning. I know that because I'm looking at it right now, the timestamp, when John Wilner tweeted out, I expect the future of the Pac-12 to be determined in the next 24 to 36 hours. So we've been having conversations for decades, well, not decades, but for a little over a decade on, well, may not be room for five Power Five conferences in realignment. Which one is going to go away? And I feel like the popular answer was the Big 12. Buddy, in the next 24 hours, it could be the Pac-12 that is uh, no longer a deal. It could fall into the, fold in the Mountain West, and the Pac-12 has been around our entire life watching this sport. And the Pac-12 could be just totally gone in 24. That, to me, is just so wild to think about. Yeah. It, I mean, it's because, like I said, it's just crazy. This isn't the Big East folding, Tyler. Like, this is, like, this is, this is way different. And, and I think with, let's see, four corner schools at the Big 12, let's see, that would take them down to five. And then Oregon, Washington to the Big 10, that would take them down to three. So that would be... What Stanford maybe go what Ivy League something like that, and then the rest That'd be some travel. Go go play in the go play in the Ivy League. Play four. Yeah, or but five they would fit. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah, they would fit. Man, Oof. Stanford, Cal, Oregon State, Washington State, uh, not looking good for those folks out there. Uh, by the way, breaking news on the recruiting side, and we thought that this was going to be the case, but apparently it's official. Five-star defensive lineman Williams Winery will make his decision on August 14th. August 14th, it's going to happen. Georgia, Mizzou, OU, Oregon, and Tennessee. So on three is reporting Williams Winery on August 14th. So how how are we feeling? It feels like an OU-Mizzou battle. How do we feel 11 days out before uh, decision day? If you listen to these airwaves regularly, then you will know that our own Parker Thune um, first reported that the 14th um, seemed likely, uh, so much so that all the Mizzou sites were saying, hey, these are some timelines, uh, you know, August 14th, we think. So here's the thing, Tyler. Parker still seems decently confident that it's OU, and he's the one that first knew the actual date that the commitment would happen. The Missouri side was going off Parker's information. So until the Missouri side actually shows me that they have better sourcing than one Parker Thune, I will continue to go with Parker's confidence. They sure feel confident right now, the Missouri side. They feel real confident about what's going on here. Yeah, and, hey, well, that, that tends to happen in a long recruitment, and you get close, and, you know, one side is hearing things, the other side is hearing things. But well, Missouri right seems now, uh, to feel pretty good about it. Right now – he's he's on vacation right like there's no new info that's coming out right now so anything you hear about you know missouri this that and the other like right now if they're saying that you know things are gaining steam or things are happening it's not happening right now like there's no new information right now so that is all posturing this is the most attention that power mizzou or tiger board or any of these people have ever had and they're going to make the most of it. You're going to see a lot of tweets from those guys about now's the time to sub, now's the time, now's the time, and this is why. 
This is why. And, and, and I do want to address this text from the 580 on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Is Williams Winery just meth- messing with us with messing? his tweet? Mething. <laughs> messing with us. Missouri is in the mix here, so he could be mething. <laughs> That's right. they, they got to call Cavens. They can get that meth inspection done. Um, is Williams Winery just messing with us with his tweet out to Oregon? Now, this is something that I think everybody needs to understand when following recruiting on social media. When kids take visits, it takes a couple of days typically for their visit photos because they take like a thousand of these visit photos, right? That camera is constantly going. Then, especially if it's a bigger visit weekend, these these creative departments, they have a bunch of different recruits to get their photos ready, right? So they have to go, they have to touch up all the photos, they have to edit them, they have to do all this kind of stuff, and then they send out their photos to the recruits like a couple days later. So this happened with Okoye because everybody was like, why is he tweeting out Bama pics while he's at Oklahoma? Because that's when he got them was after his Bama visit. He was at Oklahoma. Once he got them, he tweeted them out. So the question is, why is Williams tweeting about Oregon today? Well, if you think about the timeline, he just visited Oregon. So he just now got those photos. So he's going to tweet them out. This is common practice. So yeah. don't look into it. Don't think, uh-oh, same day he announces his timeline, there's a, uh, you know, there's a uh, uh, tweet about Oregon. Although, Tyler, did you notice? I don't know if you saw the tweet that he put out about his Oregon photos. If you take a look at that Oregon jersey, you know what's missing? Uh, Pac-12 logo on it. Correct. Not no surprising. conference logo no, on it. No surprise. This is an OU-Missouri battle, so Oregon, don't get bent out of shape about those photos. They're, I mean, they'll be in the Correct. final five. I think they were mentioned in the in the final five. This is this is OU-Missouri here is, is what it is. And it's uh, it's going to end on August 14th. Well, it won't end. He won't sign on that day. There will be more after that, more recruiting after that. But August 14th will be the uh, commit date. All right, 405-651-3439, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Live from Westwood Golf today, we'll hit more OU football next right here on The Ref. The Ref Radio Sports Network is powered statewide by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, or tornado, we can help. Call 405-735-5510. Final hour of the rush. Tyler McComas, Travis, Travis Davidson, our buddy Doug Miles, text in. And, um, yep, some of God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers. Doug says, 12 years ago next month, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Texas, and Texas Tech were in serious discussions to join the Pac-12. Thank God that one didn't happen. And maybe even if it did, Travis, oh, you would still be headed to the SEC with Texas, but – College football would look a whole lot different, and God, the Pac-12 would just not be a conference that I would have wanted to be affiliated with long-term. They're, they're in the perfect spot. The SEC, SEC recruiting bump, what it's going to mean for the city of Norman and surrounding areas, OU's exactly where it needs to be. All is well. Right, and the leadership is what it comes down to, right? I mean, the, the kind of, I don't know, arrogance almost – you know, shockingly coming from the West Coast um, of, no, nobody's leaving us, you know, this and the other. We're going to get a deal done. We're actually – it's better for us to wait 
you know, we'll get a better TV deal if we wait. Really? How's that looking right now? Because not only will you not have a TV deal, you won't have a conference. So, I mean, just the complete ineptitude in leadership, yeah, I, I don't think whatever, whoever teams would have joined back then, if they, if they continued down this road, the conference was dead in the water anyways. I think it can be a forever move for OU. You know, like you're, you're not jumping to a league where you have to worry about its stability or its leadership, like you said. You're at a conference now where you're never going to have to look over your shoulder. For many, many years and beyond, the SEC is going to be viewed as the best conference in college football, most likely. So yeah, it, I think it reminds it's a forever me, move. It reminds me, and this is quite the throwback, but it's like the scene in Fast and Furious, the original, where Dom and, and Brian got in the race, and Brian says, I almost had you. And Dom says, almost had me? You never had me. You never had your car. That's what that conversation is happening between the TV deal and the Pac-12. I almost had you, TV deal. Almost had me? You never had me. You never even had a conference. That's what he's going with. Yeah. Uh, By the way, we picked our training camp sleepers since practice number one was earlier today. I uh, went with Tawie Walker. I still believe there's going to be a role with him in this offense. I I like him too much, too much. He did too much in the spring, in the spring game. He's tough to bring down a couple of defenders, at, at least a couple that we've heard from. There's maybe more that actually think this, that he's the toughest ball carrier to bring down with just kind of the um, – j- just, just kind of like – he, he's not very tall, but he's thick. He, he runs hard. He's athletic. I like Tawie Walker a lot, not to be the number one back, but to find a role within this offense. And you like a, a backup tight end to emerge throughout training camp, which I think is a sneaky big thing that, that needs to happen here in the next 30 days. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I, I think given situationally on the depth chart, they want to keep Stogner kind of on a pitch count like they did in spring, keep him in bubble wrap because if he goes down, we in big trouble at that position right now. And I think Cade McIntyre, man, like I said, physically he is ready, and that's what you worry about with freshmen. But physically, he's he's got the juice. So if he can get there mentally, then, yeah, he's going to get the reps, Tyler, because the reps have to go to somebody. And Blake Smith has two career catches and had a club on his hand. I know, he, I know that one-handed catch, that was pretty nice, but – those reps are going to go somewhere. Caden Helms continues to recover from injury. You've got Jason Llewellyn there that was banged up a little bit. Now he's back. Like, dude, I think Caden McIntyre, it's, it's right there in front of him. All he's got to do is go take it. I'm going to read some responses that we have here. Um, I'm, I'm going to read like three at a time. You tell me which one you like the most for like under-the-radar player to, to really make a move in training camp. Let's go with uh, RSJ, Robert Spears Jennings. Kobe McKenzie, and a healthy Nick Anderson. Which out of those three you like the most? Ooh. Ooh. I, I will say, hearing, the, hearing the, the, the words that Nick Anderson is the healthiest he's been since he's been here, man, that was, uh, that was very encouraging, Tyler, because we've heard – I mean, we've heard defensive backs say it. We've heard coaches say it and say, man, Nick Anderson, man, he's special. He plays big. He's a burner. You know, he can jump. 
you know, we've seen what, you know, kind of his family genes are like uh, with his brother Rodney. Like, if, if he was healthy enough at some point to show coaches and his teammates that version last year, then if he's healthier than he's ever been, then one can only assume, Tyler, that he's going to be elevated from that. So that's what I will go with. Uh, three more. Caleb Hicks, Reggie Pearson, or Dejon Terry? I'm going to go Dejon Terry. Uh, he said it even in his interview. He dominated at Kansas, dominated at Tennessee. He wants to come in and dominate. His film looked really good. He's introducing a size that we've kind of been missing for a while at the University of Oklahoma. Um, yeah, I, I think I'm going with Terry. Well, he, he's um, he, he's not leaving. He, he had options while he's in the portal. I, I just don't think he's coming to OU if there's, you know, he, there, there was the thought that he's going to play quite a bit immediately, and I, I think that that's going to uh, it's going to happen for him. But interior on the defensive line, man, they've got some bodies there, and it was nice to hear that, what, Jacob Lacey? Could be back by the end of September. I think that that was some under-the-radar big news that happened on Tuesday. They've got bodies there. They just um, they need some production. I feel like they'll be okay at DN and Edge getting to the passer this year. I actually feel unusually calm about that, on, you know, for, based on where it's been. <laughs> but interior defensive line, that other backer spot next to Stutzman, um, O-line and wide receiver, maybe, I, I don't know if you would arrange them in that order, but for the biggest question mark. What, what, what is your single biggest question mark in training camp? Single biggest question mark. Um, I won't say tight end because I just went on about why I, that's why I picked. It's the biggest question for me. That's why I picked Cade McIntyre. I think, I think my next biggest question, it sounds silly, Tyler, but kicker, because in all five of our one-score losses last year, we missed a kick. So, I mean, we can point to defensive depth, you know, people getting tired at the end of games, but, I mean, our kicking game lost us a lot of games. So yeah. I'm looking for somebody to, to really not just, you know, win a job, keep a job, whatnot, but... I, I want to see some pre-burrito Gabe Burkich type kicking. I'm kidding. Or at least some of, some more of those fake field goals against Iowa State. Something. If you're gonna, yeah, If you're going to miss nice. them, at least have one of those today. That was unbelievable fake that they pulled off last year. One of the few happy moments for me during the season last year. But buddy, I didn't see that one coming, and I was rather happy. Nobody the, did. Uh, the seas parted. He ran right in for a touchdown. All right, final segment. Coming up next, more OU football. It's the Rush on the Ref. This is the Ref Sports Radio Network. All right. Final segment of the day, closing it up, Riverwind Casino and Hotel, bringing you the final hour of the Rush. Appreciate uh, Westwood Golf for having me out today. Conference realignment, rumors and notes will rule the news cycle tonight. Heather Dinich did text Greg Sankey yesterday about the SEC, if there's any interest with Florida State. SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey said, I've been clear that we are focused on our growth to 16 as we transition Oklahoma and Texas into the conference. Further expansion has not been a central topic in the SEC. 
other than regularly updating our campus leadership on national developments. We are proud of the stability the SEC provides our membership and incredibly excited about our future. So not that Greg Sankey would tell Heather Dinich in a tweet, yeah, heck yeah, we're talking about Florida State right now. But what does the landscape of college football look like when you and I talk next tomorrow at 3 p.m. tomorrow? Has anybody else uh, decided that they're in a new conference? I am going to believe it when I see it at this point, Tyler. Like I said, we've been told this 24, 36 hours. We've been being told it forever. It's dragging on like a five-star recruitment. And uh, we'll see. I mean, that's true. I don't don't know. I think maybe something happens news dump style maybe near the end of our show tomorrow. But, no, I think when we get on air, I think everything will still be the same. Now, when I'm on with Teddy on Monday, we might be uh, talking about new conferences, but uh, uh, you'll be uh, you'll be off on vacation, I suppose. Yeah, I got a little uh, golf outing that I'll be at on uh, Monday. Okay, okay. But I'm sure uh, Arizona, Colorado, Arizona State, and Utah will be Big 12 schools, and Oregon and Washington will be Big 10 schools by uh, Monday. I mean, the Pac-12 is on the ledge right now, you know. <laughs> they were as... As close to They're the teetering. ledge as, as possible. Yeah. One uh, more team should, uh, leaves, and then, oh, boy. Start hydrating now for golf on Monday, buddy. What, is the high like 115 like it is every other day? No, I'm just assuming the forecast so. Is. so. So start hydrating right now, and uh, I'll talk to you tomorrow. Yeah, I will hydrate with some Pacificos. How about that? That's uh, That'll probably work out well. Yeah, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Uh, more OU Training camp coverage coming up 2 p.m. on Locked In, of course, with Travis and I on The Rush. Talk to you tomorrow right here on The Rush.